you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. The Around the League Podcast gets baited into interceptions. Welcome back to another edition of the Around the League Podcast. My name is Dan Hansen, and I'm joined by a room filled with heroes. Mark Sessler, Chris Wessling, and Greg Rosenthal. What up, boys? Hey, Dan. I like this new pointing routine you have when you announce our names. Well, a couple things to play. First of all, I almost always say, or always say Chris Wessling first, but this is a different setup. We're in the round. The Studio 66 is under construction. TD behind the glass is nodding his head because he knows all the inside info on the process. So they have now kicked us downstairs to the main studio where NFL Network films uh, or shoots Total Access, among many other programs. And we're in a round table. And I just went right around the room, right around the table. Mark West. Greg. The TD is not behind the glass. There is no glass. There is no glass. He is on a fold-out table, and we appear to be in what looks like a low-level Death Star third-level set. Yeah, so if it sounds... What is this place? I don't know. If it sounds a little weird, uh, just bear with us for the next month or so, I think. It's going to be a construction process, and then we're going to get back to Studio 66. And also keep in mind, any other production flaws today... We have Nigeria playing in the World Cup, which is, uh, which is TD's native land. Or I guess you were born in Atlanta, but you grew up in Nigeria. After that, directly after that, the good old USA are playing Woo! against Ghana. Uh, Sessler and I are going to sneak out of here and catch that game at a local uh, bar. So TD, the two nations that you're closest to are playing soccer today. We can't expect a lot out of you, I would assume. Not really, no. It's, I mean, we started <laughs> off the day with Cristiano Ronaldo playing in Portugal, even though they had a bad game. So I've just been all soccer today. You yeah. Know? No, that's understandable. I mean, we so we are completely understanding whatever happens. We're not even sure anybody will ever actually hear this because <laughs> TD might just get tied up with the, the beautiful game, as they call it. Once every four years, man. Give me a break. <laughs> My takeaway being that Greg and Wes not patriotic enough to sneak out to watch the USA hey, someone's play. Someone's got to work. Someone's got to watch the shop. Nation first. <laughs> <laughs> All right, big show today. I always say it's a big show, but I actually mean it this time. A very big show today. We're going to talk uh, more making the leap stuff. We're going to do uh, 
Marcus Wheaton of the Pittsburgh Steelers, Ziggy Ansa. And not only are we going to talk about Ziggy Ansa, we're going to get our good friend, ATL Chicago correspondent, Kevin Patra, on the line. And he's going to tell us about Ziggy Ansa. He wrote the piece up on our website where you could read about all the Making of the Leap candidates at Greg. NFL.com's backslash Making the Leap. Bang. Uh, we're going to also talk about uh, – we'll tie this back to soccer and forgive – for all of our ignorance, the uh, U.S. soccer coach, Jürgen Klinsmann. Is that correct? <laughs> close. close. Uh, Jürgen Klinsmann. He made some, Klinsmann made some interesting comments before the start of the World Cup about the U.S.'s chances to win. Some honest comments. But. Some honest comments. Uh, so we're going to kind of apply that to the NFL a little later and talk about some teams that really maybe it's not quite realistic for them to think about the Super Bowl. Do that later, but before any of that, we're going to start with the man that's usually behind the glass, TD. Can we do some news, buddy? Let's do it. We start with some sad news from over the weekend. Chuck Knoll, the four-time Super Bowl winning coach of the Pittsburgh Steelers, passed away at the age of 82. Knoll died at his home in Allegheny County. Uh, the Hall of Famer guided the Steelers from laughingstock to one of the sport's great dynasties. Uh, he coached the team from 1969 through 1991. I mean, the guy is an icon in this league, and uh, he will be uh, remembered as such as one of the great coaches of all time. Chris Wessling, you are the resident historian of the Around the League group. Your thoughts? I think the one thing that stands out to me is I don't know that most NFL fans realize the Pittsburgh Steelers were the NFL's laughingstock for – 1930s, 40s, 50s, and 60s, their entire franchise was just basically the worst team in the NFL until Chuck Knoll arrived in 1969. And then they became the NFL premier franchise, and they've been one of the premier franchises since then. So he is the turning point in that franchise. You want to talk about a culture and creating a culture, this is this is ground zero when you're talking about that. The, the Steelers stunk for decades. And now, as someone uh, someone my age, for instance, you could, it's, there's very rarely that you remember a period where the Steelers weren't good. So, Noel certainly deserves some credit for kind of changing the way people looked at the Steelers and how the organization operated. Art Rooney Jr., the son of, you know, Art Rooney, the team's founder, had a quote which I, I used in the first write-up we have of Noel. It said, Chuck Noel's the best thing to happen to the Rooneys since they got on the boat in Ireland. <laughs> and he's right. The Roonies, you think of them now as these patriarchs of the sport, of these guys that are untouchable. They were a laughing stock in Pittsburgh. People joked about them. The Steelers were just thought of as these second-class citizens. It was a town that wanted to love football, and yet they had this franchise that had been to one playoff appearance in 34 years. Of course, they lost that, that one game. Noel comes in, and he doesn't really get mentioned when you think of the greatest coaches of all time, you think of Lombardi, uh, you think of Paul Brown, you think of Bill Walsh. Noel doesn't really get that love, maybe because he wasn't as X's and O's, maybe because he didn't self-promote. But if you just look at the track record and, and what he did, he coached the most dominant team in NFL history, and that was the 70 Steelers. And the, the thing about Pittsburgh coming out of that awful era that Chris mentioned, and we wouldn't see this today because there's zero patience with quarterbacks and coaches, but especially coaches that get shuffled out so quickly. He won one game his first year in Pittsburgh, followed by two more losing seasons. When losing teams get a new coach that does something like that, they just keep shuffling and turning and getting the next guy in. That started a long tradition of the Roonies sticking with their coaches for 
eras and ages. They've been one of the most consistent teams, and that lack of turnover is one of the reasons that Pittsburgh is in the picture every season. He got hired on January 27th, 1969. The next day, he drafts me and Joe Green. How about that for a second day on the job? Bang, home run. One of the best draft picks ever. They take Terry Bradshaw, and part of Noel's genius or whatever you want to call it is his evaluation of players. He was a big part in taking guys, and then he's known as a teacher, and maybe that's not as... It's, it's kind of harder to quantify, but everyone that's ever played for him talks about his teaching skills and the fundamentals, and that's why the Steelers are so good there. And by the way, I worked I worked a Saturday morning shift for ATL, and I reached out to Damashek. I said, Dave, would you care to write anything up under the ATL banner? And Dave wrote a really nice, nuanced piece about what Noel meant to Pittsburgh and that organization. You should read it. Dave Damage, a bit of a writer, a little sneaky. I know. I mean, the guy, the guy gets a little bit of a he, – he, he, he always gives us credit for our ability to write things. Dave can write a little bit. Let's get him on around the league more. I'd love to have him writing all the time. Yeah. People just tweet at him, say, we loved your piece. Keep writing for around the league. <laughs> TD, well, TD's watching the TVs behind him, really. He's not really paying attention. <laughs> but it didn't seem like he was that plugged in when we were pimping uh, Dave's writing skills. Well, I mean, Sheck is actually a good writer, you know. So uh, <laughs> actually, <laughs> actually, yeah, that's he's one of the things that good Dave. idea, man, too. That, that Sheck guy. <laughs> Beautiful. All right, <laughs> let's move on. Brandon Flowers has been released by. This is also news we're just catching up from over the weekend. Brandon Flowers was released by the Kansas City Chiefs. He confirmed that Friday on his Twitter page. Uh, just curious what you guys thought about thoughts were about this. Obviously, not a huge surprise. He'd been dangled in trade uh, rumors or talks for some time. Uh, but uh, they decided to move on without Flowers, who was uh, due $5.25 million this season. What, what ended the love affair between Kansas City and Brandon Flowers? He had a bad season. Didn't seem to be a good fit for Bob Sutton's defense, where they want physical press corners. Brandon Flowers is a little undersized and not quite as speedy as the top cornerbacks. Um, you know, just a couple of years ago, he was one of, those, one of those few cornerbacks that would shadow receivers around the field, played at a Pro Bowl level, but... It'll be interesting to see how much money he gets because he's now he's brushing up against age 30 uh, and, like I said, undersized. So I kind of wonder how much interest. Who are we talking about again? You want to make flowers today? (laughs) Oh, Brandon Flowers, yes. Your thoughts, Mark? Uh, Chris, not sure if you were finished there before that outrageous hey, interruption. We're all just here to set up Dan's uh, little games that he has. The rest of the show is basically just a preamble to whatever little drops you got. Hit him again. Hit him again, TV. You want to make flowers today? Any true, de- true detective fans will know that. Okay. Yeah, well, as a number of people pointed out that he also uh, shares the same name with the lead singer of The Killers, who back on a very old debate club, debate club yes. podcast, we debated who would have a tougher time. Oh, the yes. singer coming onto the field and doing the cornerback's job mm. or Brandon Flowers, the cornerback, having to host a killer's yeah. concert. And before you – just one thought on that. Hold off one second. Why does it sound like Mark Sessler is yeah, why do I? He's in a helicopter <laughs> flying over Vietnam. <laughs> I know it's not your fault, TD, but I hope it, it sounds like we're in a chopper. It's a new setup, guys. We're working out the kinks right now. Yeah. Well, it's disturbing. Well, I think what did we this decide? This is training that, camp for It would be harder. Brandon Flowers, the diminutive killer's lead singer, would be I think that would strong. be a lot harder. We, yeah. You believe singer would be tougher initially, but I went cornerback. One thing, Ian Rappaport <laughs> noted that he played 56% 
of his plays in the slot last year and that he didn't like that role. So I don't know if that means the team that decides to sign him has to think about that pretty hard before they put him back into that role as a third cornerback. Well, you know when guys get signed, get cut this time of year and every team, every fan roots for them to sign that player, and usually it's kind of a junky player. It's someone you shouldn't be excited about. Brandon Flowers is a guy you should be excited about. He's a guy, if he had been a free agent going into the offseason, I think he would have been in our top 25 free agents available. He was a, he's been a good starter for a long time. He really a Pro Bowl-level type of starter a couple years ago. He's only 28 years old. He's someone that can go in and actually make a difference. I mean, he's the best free agent out there. I guess Jermichael Finley if he's healthy, but other than that, he's the best one. Is that, has the carrier pigeon, this happened on Friday, has it reached John Idzik yet? <laughs> John Idzik aware, is he plugged in that Brandon Flowers is there for the taking? You want to make flowers today? <laughs> I just feel like, Greg, you wrote the piece about seven landing spots. You had the Jets at number five. You had the Falcons and Texans is the ones that made the most sense. But I, just as in Jets, man, I got Dimitri Patterson and D. Milner. But I, isn't the I whole issue help. that he doesn't want to be in a press man scenario where he's got to do that all the time? And isn't if, that a big situation in New York? If he didn't fit Bob Sutton's defense, he's not going to fit Rex Ryan's because Bob Sutton used to be Rex Ryan's uh assistant coach. Yeah, that's a good point. And he's known for being better. He makes a lot of sense in Atlanta, where Scott Pioli is, who signed Flowers to that big contract just a few years ago when he was in, when they were both in Kansas City together. Romeo Cornell, who's in Houston, coached him. So I think he'll get a good contract, but I don't think he's a guy uh, that's going to get signed right away. You can kind of see his agents are not very happy with the market that's shaping up for him. All right, any other thoughts on Flowers? Well, I feel like you want to make flowers today. <laughs> yes, right. You just wanted to set that up again. Well, I feel like the the Killers and Brandon Flowers, maybe not the best band of the 2000s, but an underrated band to run to, or you know, if you don't run, maybe work out to. Right, they got that anthemic lift. Got the pep, you know what Take I mean? The, the, the beat, and like if I was struggling at the end of a run, you know, you throw on a little Killer Shuffle, four or five songs. That'll get you home. I used to have a workout playlist on Spotify, and I think Smile Like You Mean It was on there. There you go. Mm. There you go. Any Enya on that list? No, no Enya. <laughs> That's the only way Sasser can Or a no-go flow? <laughs> no, uh, Trip Spears. What was that? Trip, Trip Shakespeare. Shakespeare, thank you. A lot of listeners chimed in saying they like that reference because that is, a, that is an under-the-radar Solid we almost just lost Dan here. Dan just <laughs> tripped over. Well, the... Mark almost blew me off the, the table with his, his microphone. It's very powerful. <laughs> Technical difficulties on Model 210-4. Model 210. <laughs> All right. You want to talk about some mandatory minicamp heat? Some holdouts? You want to talk about a holdout fun? Nothing I like better than holdouts. Let's start with San Francisco 49ers tight end Vernon Davis, who uh, – on Peter King's Monday Morning Quarterback explained why he has decided to hold out. A direct quote from the piece, it's all about getting paid what you deserve. It's not that complicated. NFL media insider Ian Rappaport reported Monday that Davis will indeed be absent from camp when it opens Tuesday per a source with knowledge of the players' plans. Davis has two, two years remaining on a six-year six year $42.7 million deal. Uh, he believes that he's playing at a higher level than ever and believes he should be compensated for it. What do you think, guys? That is uh, Man of the People, Vernon Davis. That's his new name. <laughs> Wait, why, why do you say that? Because he said uh, a couple of weeks ago that he was going to hold out so he could establish his brand. Mm. What does that even mean? Mm. 
that's disturbing. Well, I would say to Vernon Davis, don't sign six-year contracts in the middle of your career. Sign a shorter deal. Don't have an agent that is all aboard the six-year extension express because that's what happens. By the end of the six years, you get underpaid. That, that's how the market moves. And whenever they talk about how much money he's making this year, for instance, he's underpaid. He's 4.7. That, that does seem underpaid for Vernon Davis. You don't count the signing bonus that he got when he signed. I mean, he got $10 million to sign. That should count somewhere in the equation. So it's really on the agent to me and the player more than the team. He feels like he has too many people in his ear right now because his messaging has been so convoluted. It's, I might go to minicamp. I might not. I'll definitely be there. Now he had a Monday morning quarterback piece with a subtitle, Why I'm Holding Out, yet doesn't clarify if he is or isn't. <laughs> it sounds like there's too many cooks in the kitchen trying to steer this guy around. And I have a bit of an issue because this is the same thing that Revis did with the Jets where – you can't be holding out when you have multiple years left on a deal. It's like, all right, if you really want to make a stick, maybe when you're heading into the last year and let's work something out. But you're in the middle of it. Let's roll with it and just deal with the fact that that's what you agreed to. And if you're the 49ers, who cares if he – you're not going to get your attention by skipping mandatory minicamp. Is it really that big a deal? No. I don't know what he could do that would be a big deal. Skip a chunk of training camp, but I don't think he's going to get paid any I don't extra. think you can hold a team like the 49ers hostage. I'm not sure they're going to respond to this because it's you got a lot of players up for contracts. You can't tell Michael Crabtree, you go do this next and you'll get the money you want. It'd be illegal, too, holding a whole team hostage. <laughs> yeah. I just feel like that would be a bad move. That's a felony. That would be bad for the brand. Uh, Andre Johnson, the Houston Texans wide receiver, as we know, he hasn't been at voluntary workouts. There had been rumors or reports that he would sit out mandatory workouts as well, and it seems like that's where it's heading. Johnson's uncle and advisor, Andre Melton, told the Houston Chronicle on Monday that Johnson would not be at minicamp this week. Coach Bill O'Brien said last week he wasn't sure whether Johnson would show up, uh, but here's a quote from Melton. Right now, that's all he can do. We've done what we can do, so we're just sitting there waiting. Uh, you know, once you get to the point now, it's past OTAs. It's, it, this seems like an actual issue now for the Texans. Did Uncle Melton enlighten us as <laughs> to Uncle what Melton. Andre Johnson actually wants from the Texans? I don't Money. know. A quarterback, I guess? But he says it's not a quarterback. <laughs> I'm going to hold out until you get a quarterback. Right, right but, it, I mean, that's obviously what he's – well, he said that's not why he's upset. But I guess it's, it's if you're not going to get the quarterback and you're not going to spend money to bring someone in, then you better pay me more. I mean, the whole message – what kind of message is that even sent? He's getting paid quite pretty get. well. It's definitely the most confusing holdout. You're not really sure what it's all about, and I can't see it going to. I'm going to – challenge you on that. Here's a more confusing one. Kyle Orton. <laughs> what is going on with Kyle Orton? The man has yet to decide. NFL, the Dallas Cowboys quarterback, Kyle Orton. NFL media insider Ian Rappaport reports that the Cowboys are confident that Orton will show up because uh, they will go after part of his signing bonus if he doesn't. Orton privately continues to weigh his options. Like, well, I mean, at what point are you going to make a decision? He wants to Kyle. retire, but he doesn't want to pay the Cowboys for that privilege. All right. Well, you know what? That's a pretty. It seems pretty cut and dry. What, why do you need months to make such a decision? Three million dollars is what the Cowboys could go after of Kyle Orton if he doesn't. If he just retires now, there will be lawyers. That I mean, <laughs> that's a lot. It reminds me of a, another ex-Broncos quarterback who retired in the seeming strong side of his career 
Jake Plummer, who still had seven million dollars coming to him, or he had signed for a signing bonus, and the Bucks and the Broncos went after that money and they got half of it. They got three and a half million from him. that. That's a big cost to pay to not only decide you can stop paying me this unbelievable salary, but I'm actually going to go to have to go into my bank account and give you three and a half million dollars to not show up. It seems it, insane. It is absurd. They should go after every cent if this guy doesn't show up. What other job? Just take his dog. Well, what other job can <laughs> you just say? Right. I'm not going to show up to work today or all summer as I hold out for more money or get what I want in the out of the arrangement. Get rid of this guy. You guys could try it. Yeah, we could See try it. And about a week in, we'd find out that we are, no, the paycheck doesn't hit the uh, direct deposit and there's troubles. Sessler, who I'm touching Sessler's shoulder Why? right now <laughs> because we have increased. It's more physical. Greg and I are standing as we're talking. I'm touching Mark because I'm making a point. You obviously are not on board with Kyle Orton, nor am I. I don't know about Tony Romo either. There's a question in Dallas. Greg, you brought this up, a good point in your ATL post. There's a, a question was raised whether Romo and Orton like each other. Uh, Romo was asked recently whether he wanted to see more commitment out of uh, Orton. Here's Romo's quote. Yeah, um, I don't have any comment on that. So. <laughs> that question is only asked if the reporter essentially knows the answer. But, I mean, there's no way a, a veteran reporter like Calvin Watkins who asked that question, he knows there's something between those two, so he, he put him on the well, spot. And by the way, any commitment at all would be more commitment. <laughs> I never realized how much Mark truly despises Kyle Orton. When he came up this morning, it was about 8 in the morning, we started talking a little Orton because that's, that's a great way to start the day. And you could tell Mark is very anti-Orton. Anti I didn't dislike him at all early on in the career where he was making starts, contributing, drinking boatloads of beer outside of work. The guy can, I can roll with the whole thing. At this point, it just seems it's disruptive to the team. There, you can go find an equal backup who actually wants to be there and learn during the offseason. You've you got to get someone better than, than Whedon. You've got to do something well, let's, here. Let's Make let's a try move. To connect, let's try to connect the dots of why Sessler feels this way. Mark mm. used to live in a farmhouse outside Denver. Kyle Orton used to play quarterback for the Denver Broncos. Okay. Shared timeline potentially. Took your girlfriend in play. Yes, <laughs> Not even close to being an actual narrative, but I like it. Mark's ex-girlfriend wanted guy with a neckbeard? Uh, well, listen, neckbeards, some girls like neckbeards. I don't know about I that. I probably offered equally like low <laughs> characteristics at the time. Orton, here's a boo from Mark Sessler. <laughs> All right, let's move forward. More funny quarterback quotes from uh, quarterbacks that are connected to the state of Texas. Vince Young might have retired. That's the headline we're going to go with here. On Saturday, <laughs> the uh, free agent quarterback told Brent Carney, of uh, KXAN TV in Austin, that he's intending to retire from the NFL. This is uh, one month after the Browns released him after a 12 day stint. Here's the quote from Young, and this is where it gets a little confusing. It's definitely official, I think, in my book. Unless we get a great opportunity, something <laughs> guaranteed. Other than that, I've started moving forward in some things. I don't know what any of that meant. <laughs> The NFL retired Vince Young two years ago. Oof, Can you retire yeah. from something that you don't actually partake in? That that does come up every off season, where a guy that's been out of the league for an entire year then retires. It happened recently with uh, who was it? Oh, it was like yes. a Texans linebacker or something. I was like, you can't retire now. You've been out for a year. It's too late. Right. 
And I think what Vince Young wants, <laughs> intends to retire from is signing with the team for two weeks. And he's <laughs> sick of, like, not getting a payday. The guy needs money. We know that. And he keeps on – he's this roller coaster or a carousel where he's basically just coming on a team and getting dumped. I guess I would understand why that's tiresome. So Ian Rappaport reported over the weekend that this is kind of heading toward him taking some type of position with UT yeah. where, of course, he had his glory days. Yeah. Uh, so maybe well, you know it's the, it's the low season – in the NFL, when Brent Carney and Andre Brent. Melton are beating Ian Rappaport <laughs> to uh, scoops on these players. Brent Carney, see, with a big scoop out of Texas. I guess I could probably give up on Vince Young at this point. Remember, we were just talking about he was on your Browns just a couple weeks ago. Well, and it's a, another sign that they are correctly evaluating players to have quickly dispatched with him. Uh, quick note, <laughs> while we're talking about players that were retired by society, Dallas Clark is retired. A uh, long-time tight end, uh, biggest years, of course, with Peyton Manning and the Indianapolis Colts. Spent most recently, he was with the Baltimore Ravens, where clearly he was uh, no longer truly Dallas Clark. And now his career is over. He's announced he's retiring. Another sign how old I'm getting. I drafted Dallas Clark in a rookie draft of a dynasty league, fantasy football <laughs> league, one year. Wow. <laughs> and nice. now he's retired. Nice uh, little career. 11 years. Made a Pro Bowl. One year, somehow, was the first team All-Pro. That is an upset of all upsets. In the prime of Tony Gonzalez and Antonio Gates' career, one year, and it was the year, as Dan pointed out before the show, <coughs> that Peyton Manning went crazy and threw 49, 49 touchdowns. touchdowns. Dallas Clark beats out those two future Hall of Famers. That was Dallas Clark's outlier year. He had 100 receptions, 1,106 receiving yards, and 10 touchdowns. He only had three seasons in his 13 seasons with 50 receptions or 500 yards. Mm. Hmm. That's why he was mentioned sixth in the news rundown, but a good player. Underrated mustache as well. Give him some love. (laughs) All right, gentlemen, moving on. The Making the Leap series continues. I was going to say the gold standard, but the gold standard is no longer here. That is TD behind the glass, only there's no glass. We're all sharing a room. TD, what's up, buddy? What's going on, guys? I don't know what's going on right now. Well, no, no Zach. You're, you're off the yeah. game. New studio. Uh, Who it's, says we're off our game? Dan is. He almost called me the gold standard, which I love mm-hmm. Zach, by the way. But, you guys, yeah. well, there's a, there's a resemblance. I'm sure you've heard that before. A little bit. <laughs> and by the way, here's some more good news. I am, again, touching Mark. <laughs> it's creeping right me out. Right there. So you're, you're not at, the only one. Well, we're all standing up now. That's excited. <laughs> and that's what's called a little bit of leadership. You saw yeah. us. You saw that we were performing so well, Mark and Chris. And TD, bam. Uh, TD behind the glass, <laughs> not behind the glass. Can we get Kevin Patrick on the phone to talk about his making the leap candidate, number 22, Ziggy Ansa? See, what had happened was. <laughs> no. <laughs> again, new studio, new setup. We're working on a few kinks. And uh, this actually isn't a studio's fault. There was a big shutdown here at NFL Network Studios. Yeah. And some things are still yet to be up and working. And let's just say the phone might be one of those things. Well, the good news is, is that Kevin Patra is watching good old USA somewhere at a bar taping on Monday. Probably maybe not have been in the best shape to talk NFL football anyway. By the way, we recorded a Super Bowl podcast, you'll remember, in a dank room full of uh, crates. That's Who knows what was in those crates? We, we thought possible, possibly weaponry. That setup, preferable to this one. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So uh, all right, let's listen. Let's stay on our feet. We're on our feet, literally. Let's keep moving. Why don't we go? Let's move on to number – who do we want to talk about? 
Marcus Wheaton. All right, let's talk about Marcus Wheaton, number 20 on the list. Uh, typically, I set up you gentlemen uh, as the writers of the content uh, for this Making the Leap series. This one I wrote, Marcus Wheaton, Pittsburgh Steelers, wide receiver, uh, entering his second year, a third-round pick of a year ago. Entered the league and uh, looked like somebody that was going to make an instant impact and uh, find a role on the Pittsburgh offense. It didn't quite work out that way. Uh, in fact, uh, Wheaton suffered a hand injury, broke fingers, missed four games of that. He didn't play on the field that much. He only had 161 snaps. So a positive preseason gave way to a dis- disappointing regular season. But now he's back. He's healthy. Uh, he's still in great position to take that X receiver spot that Mike Wallace vacated. And, uh, you know, everything we're hearing in camp is that, that this guy is playing at a high level. He has all the skill. Uh, set. He's got speed. He ran a 4-4 at the Combine in 2013. He's got pretty good size, uh, strong hands, a good football IQ. Everything's in place, and he's got a great quarterback, obviously, in Ben Roethlisberger to make the leap and become somebody that is a playmaker at this level. So, gentlemen, I throw it to you. What do you think about this? I think he's the reason why the Steelers were willing to let Emmanuel Sanders walk out the door. Mm-hmm. I, I think there. Marcus Wheaton is <laughs> – can be a better receiver. He can actually be an improvement on Sanders opposite Brown. I think he's a better downfield target. He's a better boundary receiver, offers more size and more playmaking ability than Emmanuel Sanders. What are you basing all this Wheaton love in terms of being better than Sanders? Because we just haven't seen much Last of Last year's preseason. Yeah. Yeah, he only had six catches during the regular season, but he uh, made some plays in the preseason, and that's why I guess it was particularly disappointing for that team for him then to have really no, no presence during the regular season. Having been in the office at 6 this morning when Dan strolled in Mm -hmm. uh, and discovered that he had to write this piece that was actually due last night, I am wholly impressed with your ability. No, I'm wholly impressed with your your ability to get this together so quickly. First of all, lower your voice. The mic is hot. I can't help it. As am I. If you continue to come after me in such a way, I'm touching you again. And now it's a firmer grasp. My point being, very impressed with what you put on paper in a quick time. Listen, first of all, snitches get stitches, number one. (laughs) Number two, I was all in the head. I, I did research on it. I just had to puke it out, if you will. And I feel confident that Wheaton's going to be somebody that makes an impact this year. And the question is, is how much is he going to be able to – is it going to be the mental end of it could be the hardest thing. Roethlisberger said uh, last month that a big part of what made the Steelers so dynamic down the stretch was their ability to operate in the no huddle. Um, and he singled out – Roethlisberger singled out Wheaton and Lance Moore, who uh, – most likely will slide, slide into Kotri's old role as the slot guy. The big challenge for them will be picking up uh, the, the aspects of the no huddle that they run. So he has challenges. He's still a very young guy. But if he can put that end of it together and he can stay healthy, he's going to do some things. This is a great spot to be in. This is why Emmanuel Sanders is not on our making the leap list because I don't think he took advantage enough of the opportunity mm. he had last year. You're opposite Antonio Brown. You got Ben Roethlisberger at quarterback. This is a passing offense. I think they're going to be aggressive. It's a great spot. We don't know if Wheaton is going to be as good as we hope, but it just it makes a lot of sense that he could have a lot of numbers right away. What do you think about Martavis Bryant? He mm. seems to be a prototypical size speed freak. Uh, some people in Clemson called him kind of a poor man's Randy Moss. 
they said he was faster than Sammy Watkins. But I think the scouting report on him was it was going to take him a little while to develop as an NFL player. But what I find interesting about the Steelers, uh, a candidate for Team of ATL 2014, mm. they've got an impressive draft class where a guy like Ryan Shazier is going to start Craig right Manson, away. Stefan it might start right away. But they also have three guys from last year's draft that were candidates for this making the leap list. Le'Veon Bell, Marcus Wheaton, and Jarvis Jones. They're getting an infusion of two drafts worth of talent in the starting and, lineup. And how about David DeCastro, a fully healthy season, maybe stepping up to Steelers his potential. Steelers are all of a sudden becoming a young team. They're young and cool, Mark. I can feel Mark. Maybe he's coming around to the Steelers as team, team of ATL. ATL. Mark Sessler, I feel like he is in. Yes or no? Have told you many times, <laughs> you are more than welcome to select this team as your team, and you can send me a postcard from hell. <laughs> I am not going to sell myself down a river and act in week one when they're taking on Cleveland and Johnny Manziel that I'm all excited to see Pittsburgh stomping them 30 to nothing. You don't have to root for them when they're playing Cleveland. It's just the rest of the time. Again, more than welcome to diverge on this topic. And by the way, I'll have my own team of ATL. How about that? Well, we all. That seems like it would be the team of Mark Sessler. Well, (laughs) I'll add some context to it to maybe listeners that aren't aware. Uh, We are picking a team collectively and unanimously as the team of ATL this year, a team that we will get behind and follow perhaps more closely than even the other 31 teams, and they will be the team that we believe in. And we are going to figure this out at some point during the summer into the fall and make the grand announcement very early in the 2014 season. Who is that team? I still think we should get some guts and do it before the season starts, but I was voted down on that. So we're going to do it. We're going to wait for the regular season to get shaken a little bit, and then we're going to settle on a team. And the Pittsburgh Steelers potentially nominated, but as I said, Mark, since it has to be unanimous, can shoot it down. I don't like where this is going because it puts inordinate pressure on me to just agree with you guys that, yes, this is such an intriguing thing. I, the reason I have a problem with it is because I love Andrew Luck and the Colts. That was my initial argument. All right. Well, let's not give away who our, how our nominations are because we're going to at least nominate mm-hmm. one team each down the line. So be ready for that. So. Well, that's a real under-the-radar team right there, the AFC South champion. Well, I believe when we did this won on a an playoff, episode, won a playoff game. Someone games picked the, the Green Bay Packers. <laughs> well, that's so not I mean, a lot. if we're going for under the radar team, I, I'm not sure the Packers. <laughs> no one's picked anything yet. No one's picked anything. I did nominate the Packers. They were eight, seven, and one last year, weren't they? Yeah. Colts were great. I mean, none of us are Sessler's going total upset. shot. I'm in the just dark trying here. to get Sessler worked up. Yeah, it's working. <laughs> Super Bowl twice under Big Ben. I mean, this is this is not TD, a hidden squad. Do you squad. see what's going on with Sessler right now? He seems to be on fire. <laughs> a lot of heat. Yeah. A lot em- of heat. Emanating from his body. He's rocking back and forth, hands on his hips. Trying <laughs> to storm life right now. <laughs> I will not be strong armed into. <laughs> Waving around pom poms for the Pittsburgh Steelers. How about okay. how about this team, guys? Redskins. No, I've thrown them out. I like uh, them this year. I'm more open to that. No, pretty sexy this year. I like them. No, they've got the comeback player of the year. You got my ear on that, TD. Okay, I'm just saying, just throwing it out there. All right. So before we go, we wanted to. Uh, I guess this somewhat ties into what we're talking about. These are the the team that will definitely not be the teams of ATL. Uh, Jurgen Klinsmann, who is. <laughs> 
apparently the coach of the USA soccer team, uh, had this quote to say before, very unusual that this would ever happen. I can't imagine it ever happening in the NFL or any other uh, U.S. professional sport. But this is what he had to say about his own team. You're going Klinsmann once again. For us, now talking about winning a World Cup, it's just not realistic. If it is America or not, you can correct me. So basically he's saying, well, you know, our team's pretty good. Titty, is this correct? Our team's pretty good. But we're is not it fair? The big boys. It is fair. I mean, you got his, Jürgen Klinsmann, he was a German striker for, for a couple of years, obviously. Jürgen Klinsmann. Great career. Now he's a coach. He's, he's telling it as it is. A little bit too honest for some, understandably, especially in the media that we live in today. If mm. an NFL coach or an NBA coach, NHL coach came out and said that, you know, he would get a lot of heat like Mark Sessler's is right now. But, <laughs> I mean, it's, it is, for the most part, true. It's a tough, I mean, to, be, to win the World Cup, you're talking about beating out Brazil, Argentina, Germany, it's Spain. Realistic. Yeah, it's... So, it would be the most surprising thing to ever happen in World Cup history by would, far. By far. Would it be Not like the U.S. hockey team beating Russia in 1980? I kind of get that reference, but not, not enough to, <laughs> to make sense of it. But, I mean, it's, it would be like if the if the Bills won the Super Bowl this year. All right, well, that's a go. good segue into what we're getting into right now, which is we're going to go through the teams, and we're going to make a decision. We're going to go all Jurgen Klinsmann and decide ourselves what teams. Well, it's unrealistic to expect a Super Bowl, okay, Super Bowl victory. And this doesn't mean that we hate your team if your team is brought up in this group. Or in that, some cases, it might. In some cases, of course. Or if you know you have no chance to contend for a playoff spot, or even maybe perhaps even make the playoffs as a as a lower seed. We're just saying to win the Super Bowl. It's not realistic, folks. So this the segment's called Jurgen Klinsmann's picks this for the Super Bowl. Good timing because I just had a Twitter uh, follower ask me this morning who would be my team this year that I would bet wouldn't win six games like I did last year with the Oakland Raiders mm. and put my softball pants on the line. And I said there really are no teams that are as talent poor as the Raiders and Jaguars were entering last season. Will Chris Wessling eat his softball pass? We're downstairs in a, a faux studio right now, and somehow that sound effect, our worst sound effect by by far, made it into the pod. And you gotta like that. That's TD. Sounds beautiful. Let's hear it again. It is by far our cheesiest sound effect. Will Chris Wessling eat his softball pass? Junior high production. That's, a, that's an interesting point, though, that you don't think any team is that bad. I'm trying to come up with a counter, right. but yeah, I think you're right. Let's go through the list, and I guess maybe speak up if you realistically feel it is not realistic for this team to win the Super Bowl. <laughs> that was way more complicated than it had to be. The Buffalo Bills. Oh, they're number one. On, they're, they're on the Not list. realistic. It's not they're realistic. number one? Well, I don't know if they're number one, but they're a, a slam dunk. They have no chance. I would say every team that we nominate, will you can point to the quarterback position and say that's a giant right. question mark. Okay. Miami Dolphins. I wouldn't say that about them. I think they they're have close. A, they have a little chance. They're close. New England Patriots. All right. Come on. The New York Jets. They've got, they've got a chance. Yeah, Wes. Yeah, Wes coming around on the Jets. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking like at. It. I'm looking at this like a team that has no chance, yeah. like close to 0.0%. The Bills would be the only one so far that would make it for me. Baltimore Ravens, yeah, come on. Cincinnati Bengals, Cincinnati Bengals. Yeah, of course they, they have could, a chance. They could learn how to win a playoff game. Yeah. I was more asking Wes. It's possible. Pick I thought good things came out. Pick might fly. Yeah. All right. The Cleveland Browns. 
It's a, I think it's a question mark until we know what we have in the rookie quarterback. Oh, I, I could see it happening. Yeah. <laughs> Winning the Super Bowl. Yes, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Suddenly, no. the, the cynic of the ATL podcast is the most positive man in the room. Look, I love this. Chris West. Johnny Football has a way of galvanizing fan bases and teams. Well, you and never they, know. They have something. They have a great-looking defense and a great-looking defensive-minded head coach. They got some weapons, and if Manziel's good, I, don't, I wouldn't feel comfortable putting him on this list. One no little chance. note, I would say that the Bills have a roster that might be as talented as Cleveland's, minus the fact that they don't have a quarterback. That's fair. All right. The Pittsburgh Steelers. Of course. The Houston fair. Texans. Ooh, what was that? <laughs> Keep going. You Changing figure it the out. Game. Oh, I like that. The Houston Texans. Oh, that, Only if Case Keenum is quarterback. <laughs> that, that's an interesting one. Could a team oh, piloted on. by – I don't think they have any chance. Not Put them on the list. It is not realistic. There we go. Ooh, look at TV on fire. <laughs> the Indianapolis Colts. Of course, they have a chance. <laughs> The Jacksonville Jaguars. No chance. I didn't even wait for you guys to respond to that. <laughs> you know what, though? But that, I understand why that fan base gets agitated because no matter what, it's immediately the Jaguars. And, yes, that this season they don't, but they, they're, they're building something. Hey, look, talking about this year. Yeah. Look, we, right. we didn't decide that Chad Henney should be their starting quarterback for the 2014 right. season. And they neither did. have they long-term. We know that Bortles no, will but, play. Right, but they said he's not going to play, and the Chad Henney's their and guy. I don't believe a word of that. That precludes you? them from being in the Super Forget Bowl. The could they realistically win nine games? Yeah, sure. No, but not I don't Chad think Henney's they could realistically have any chance for the Super Bowl, so they're on the Fair. list. The Tennessee, uh, yes. the just Tennessee in case you're Titans. Sure. This was the first team I thought of. Yeah. Uh, hmm. Really? Really? Jake what Locker. You, what are you playing? Playing 19 games. I going all over the house. Yeah, all right, you guys are Who right. are their standout players? You guys are right. I think I just had the whole uh, Justin Hunter fascination in my viciously head. Viciously right. script. Viciously They without. have their two favorite players, they're Bishop Sankey and Justin Hunter. Well, if they're so bad, why don't, why don't you think uh, they're going to win six games? You, know, you, you wouldn't feel comfortable mm, putting your softball pants tasty. up for them. I think they're way more talented than the Raiders were entering last season. Okay. Okay. The Denver Broncos. I think they got a chance. Kansas City Chiefs. Mm, I don't know. Ooh, and Chris Wesley. All right, they got a chance. Yeah. The Oakland Raiders. No chance. They have no chance. Here's a good one. Maybe even the World Cup equivalent of the USA, San Diego Chargers. Ooh. It's a good parallel. Is it? Although the Chargers didn't hire someone from Germany to coach their team. <laughs> Chargers have a chance. Chargers have a great quarterback. Chargers have a quarterback that you could see getting MVP votes. They have a he chance. He almost did last year. So, there you go. <laughs> well, yeah, USA soccer team has insert great player here, just like the Chargers have <laughs> Philip Rivers. Michael Bradley is the name you're looking for. To- yeah, no, Michael Dempsey. Bradley. Tony, uh, Tony Miola. I like <laughs> no, I know you got me on that one. Uh, Howard, is he still the goalkeeper? He is still oh, the goalkeeper. yeah. Plugged in. <laughs> What do we like about San Diego's defense? I don't remember. <laughs> Not much, but I, would it be crazier? This is what I'm comparing it to. The 99 Rams and the, and the Titans. There's some crazy teams that have made the Super Bowl. Their defense did play the, the uh, Broncos as well as anyone except the Seahawks. The Cardinals, when they made the Super Bowl. I mean, Let's move happened. on to the NFC. The Dallas Cowboys. Mm. I don't think it's realistic. Hey, you got Romo. Come on. 
But is that good or bad? I would say there's a chance. I think there's a much better chance that they have the worst defense in the NFL. Well, they it's that's they're going to be in a lot of shootouts. Greg, you I, decide. I think they have a chance. I'm not putting them on the list. <clears throat> New York Giants. I'm never counting out Eli. I am. Hey, you've done it in the past. <laughs> I, will count, I won't count the Giants out. No. Yeah, you can't. I don't think you can count them out. Tom Coughlin. Uh, the master, Chip Kelly in the Philadelphia Eagles. <laughs> well, obviously, yes. <laughs> Anybody else want to say that can't happen? It's realistic. I'll give him that. Here's a good one. The Washington Redskins. Mm. Better chance than the Cowboys. Why not Washington? I mean. Potential. Because they were one of the worst teams in the league last year. That would be the answer. Because their defense is still helmed by Jim Hazlitt, who's overseen one of the worst defenses in the league for five or six years. Not on the list of teams, I'd say absolutely no way when you've got Griffin coming back. And you've got a wide receiver group that's completely different than what we saw last season. Can you, TD, can you do a, a ding followed by a, eh, at the, as close together as possible? That's the Redskins. No, they're, I'm not, uh, they belong on the list closer than the Cowboys. Okay. Right, I'm not going to write them down. Right. Lame division, too. Chicago Bears. They got a chance. Detroit Lions. They got a chance. Mm-hmm. Green Bay Packers. Of course. Favorite. Minnesota Vikings. They don't, have, they don't have a chance until the Super Bowl is in Minnesota. They're a long way away. They, they, would, they would have to have Teddy Bridgewater play lights out. Again, everyone, don't take this personally. We, it doesn't mean we dislike your team. What are you saying? It's not realistic. Except in some cases. Now, in Wes, some cases. of the list so far, are there any cases where you genuinely dislike a team? Well, I, I really love the Raiders organization of the 70s and 80s, and I have a uh, fondness for their history, but uh, – I have really uh, lo- started loathing them lately. Mm. All right. Confirming it. There you go. A little analysis there. Uh, the Atlanta Falcons. Oh, that's an interesting one. They definitely have a chance. They have a ch- well, right. They got All right. A Talk about a team All getting right, players chance. back from injury, too. Yeah, they definitely have a chance. The 2013 team of ATL. I think you get grandfathered into realistic possibility if you're the team of ATL, the Carolina Panthers. They've got a chance. No, Mark. I'll, I'll give them a chance. I mean, again, you've got a quarterback. They've got a. They're not the same team they were last year, but that front seven hasn't changed much. The New Orleans Saints, definitely. Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Well, if Josh McCown is half as good as uh, Chris Wesley seems <laughs> to think he is, making the leap, Johnny Unitas. Hey, what? Brad Johnson can take the Buccaneers to a Super Bowl title. <laughs> so can I? Don't think Brad Johnson. Wesley spent the weekend carving out the bust for Josh McCown <laughs> and Canton. He's such a big fan. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> Making the leap. Number 25, Josh McKinnon. Uh, Wait, does that mean they're – I think they, – I'm not going to write them down. Yeah, I got a they shot. They got a shot. Come on. They got a quarterback. They got a, they got they got a shot. They, had, they do have a great defense. All right, let's great, they do? Great defensive coach. I think they will. Oh, okay. All right, we got to get out of here. Don't so need so you guys to be a little bit more bold than that. The Bucks <laughs> have a chance to win the Super Bowl? Okay. Sure. Okay. <laughs> they have a quarterback. All right, did we, we said the Arizona Cardinals? Yeah, I think that whole division has a chance. Yeah, so St. Louis Rams, San Francisco 49ers, and of course the Seattle Seahawks. All right, folks. So this is going to be pretty much a fork power rankings. <laughs> I didn't even think of that. And no, yeah. this is uh, we're sticking a fork in them before the season starts. Yeah, <laughs> so I'm going to read this list, not in order of the teams, uh, how forked they are, but they're all totally forked in the end. Uh, these are teams that realistically, it's unrealistic to think that they will win the Super Bowl, the Houston Texans, Jacksonville Jaguars, 
Tennessee Titans, the Buffalo Bills, the Oakland Raiders, and the Minnesota Vikings. What do all of those teams have in common? Quarterback questions. Quarterback questions. Other than the Vikings, they're all in the AFC, so that's good news for the rest of the AFC. Very true. All right, that's it, gentlemen, for Monday's edition of the Around the League podcast. We will be back on Wednesday. For another show, I'm touching Mark as we get ready to sign off. Uh, we will be back Wednesday to talk more football goodness. Maybe we'll even talk to Kevin Patra just to confirm he's alive. Uh, until then, this is Dan Hanson signing up. Signing off for the Sizzler, the Mailman, the Boss, Tate Date behind the glass. Until Wednesday. Germany's heat, and we have a German coach in the States. Oh, Germany's group. That's what you meant. Gotcha. Does that sound at all controversial? That's, That's a problem. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. I'm late. I'm late. Very important date. Time is running out to score adult theme park tickets at child prices from Undercover Tourist. This summer, make your Walt Disney World vacation more affordable than ever. Escape into a place where magic has the power to transport you into stunning worlds and your favorite stories for less. Buy from Undercover Tourist, an authorized seller, and link to official Walt Disney World apps so you can add on Genie Plus and Lightning Lane upgrades easy. Book your adult theme park tickets at child prices with Undercover Tourist now and save. UndercoverTourist.com. Come